Deadly Ed acknowledges the traditional custodians throughout Australia and their continuing connection to country, sea and community. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and future and recognise their continuing connection and contribution to this land and Aboriginal education. Welcome back to another episode of The Deadly Dose. My name's Josh Brown, and as always, joined by my deadly sidekick, Courtney Ruby. She's back today. Um, after, I'm back. Yeah, after, you know, getting some tea for other things extracted. My wisdom extracted, I think, more uh, than anything. Not yeah. my wisdom tea, just my wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom only, no teeth. There you go. So I don't know what I've got to share today, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> Set it up really well early, courts. <laughs> no, hear. we've got heaps to share. Yeah, and that's exactly right. We do have uh, a few things to share today. And what we're going to focus on today is common barriers that uh, teachers experience or that teachers tell us that they experience. And we've certainly heard. Uh, many of these throughout uh, our Teacher PD courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our Nesso accredited Teacher PD course. So if you're looking for PD, definitely get in contact. But yes, these are, I guess, the most common things that teachers are telling us, but they're also the barriers that have certainly been around since we were teachers teaching and also when we were students and what teachers would tell us when we were students bit awkward telling students that we can't do things with you but hey um it's all about honesty <laughs> we are about honesty here truth yeah. telling right that's yep. what, that's the age that we're in truth telling and that's it's gonna exactly right. look different sound different and feel different yes on if you're on the receiving end or not <laughs> exactly right so all right let's kick it off Barrier number one, courts, is fear of making a mistake or causing offence, either with an activity or an event or anything. I feel like this all does come down to I, I get I get that this is perceived as a barrier, but it also comes down to your attitude. I mean, you this is one of those things where teachers have to work hard to shift their perspective about you know not knowing any cultural knowledge and therefore not feeling equipped to go into a classroom to embed an Aboriginal perspective like that has to shift because as we know there are a million people out in the community who run businesses, who work with schools, who want to help schools embed culture so this is more about I think this is a self barrier. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's yep. it's it's a barrier if you think it's a barrier. Yeah, and I think it, it really comes back to setting a goal at the start of the year of what is one or two or three, however many things, what things are you going to commit to learning more about in regards to this topic? And that yeah. should be happening across every single school. And I ask every single principal that may be listening to this or send it to a principal who isn't, that 
to get all staff to come up with what's their one cultural learning goal for the year? What's the one thing they're going to learn more about? Saying one is a good idea because people think, okay, we're not doing Aboriginal education, so now we have to do all of it. And Mm -hmm. they try and do too much at once and that that's overwhelming for anyone. I mean, even if you're an Aboriginal teacher and you're going into a school and you think, okay, well, we don't do X, Y, and Z, like you're not going to try and do all of that at once. So like we don't expect any non-Aboriginal teachers to be doing that. Um, but I think, yeah, picking one goal and making that meaningful and thinking about deep, rich learning that you can do as professional learning or, you know, engaging with your community or whatever it might be is a good way to do one thing well and then when you feel good about that, that's when you can go, okay, well, what can I do next? Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's, it's allowed to be a slow process. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, to some extent, slowness but it's Mm. allowed to be slow like if you want to get it right well then put the time in yeah and it i guess it also comes back to you know when we have that lack of confidence around this topic we're constantly going to feel like that if nothing changes okay so the one thing that we do have control over is what we learn about and just Mm. say all right i'm going to learn about this particular topic or this particular thing uh, in regards to aboriginal education or culture but really focus on the things that interest you yeah. First and foremost, don't bother. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go down the path of learning every single part about history. If reading isn't one of your things, don't say I'm gonna read like all these different books. If you don't read, it's not gonna work. Okay, <laughs> so don't put that as your goal. If you're really interested in like bush tucker and food and eating, which I definitely am. Have that as as your goal for the year. I'm gonna learn more about different native plants and bush tucker and what things you can use and what, what or just what things you can eat and yeah. and sharing that with your yes. students yes. you know what i mean so and i mean yeah. like think about it like you when we talk about it in that sense that applies to anything that we teach though i mean like as a history teacher everything i've ever taught i've not been interested in but <laughs> it all comes out you know like ancient egypt is not my thing and i've taught yeah. that a million and one times but you know, finding something that really piqued my interest in that then helped me make my lessons engaging. And, yeah, exactly. You know, so like it applies to anything that you're going to teach, really. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why people feel like when it comes to Aboriginal education, that same sort of concept doesn't apply. Mm. So yeah, it doesn't need any special treatment compared to any other topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess on the back end of that, you know, the whole thing around causing offence, all right? So... This is one of the, 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 the big ones that always comes up is, oh, I, f- I feel like if, if I do this, I'm going to cause offence. Well, okay, where did that come from in the first place? Yeah. What made you feel like that? Where did it come from? If it's just someone's opinion, again, it's a someone's opinion. People are going to have opinions about anything you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There'll be a lot that, of students. Is it the community or is it their, um, their bias? Yeah. Know? Is it and coming back to their own bias that they're perhaps not aware of, you exactly. know, making stereotypes about us, about community, about our kids, or mm. is it coming from an inexperience, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think with this one, causing offence, don't go by the fact of, oh, there was someone else in the school who tried to do this and it didn't work, all right? That shouldn't be the reason why you don't do it because there's so many variables attached to that it's well what did they do sorry i was just shaking around little bell on um what did that person actually do what was the activity did they even 
connect did with any people through? in the community. Yeah, like, there's so many variables attached to what inside. someone else did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when we're talking about that, talking about, oh, well, this might cause offense. Well, have you spoken to anyone about what you're going to do? Are people going to be offended what you're going to do? All right. Obviously, we don't want people just to be just to be totally ignorant. It's like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to paint everyone in blackface. And, oh, I didn't know it would cause offence, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it goes sort of hand in hand of we need to teach ourselves more and we need to take the time to teach ourselves more. But if you're going to try something, speak to a few different people about it. Yep. Yes. Go ahead with it. I think coming back to what you're saying, teach ourselves more, people listening might be thinking, well, what do I teach myself? So I think if you are unsure, it's okay to ask, but when you ask, listen. Like don't Mm. listen to just respond, listen to comprehend, listen to understand. Every community is different. So obviously any advice that we are giving is not, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not the Bible, like, don't take no. it as, like, you live by this forever. Exactly. I mean, like, these are just general tools or ways that you can just uh, approach Aboriginal education. But I think what's really important is that if you're not sure how to respond, ask, listen, research, talk to lots of people. I mean, don't just go to one person and think, well, they said no, they said I can't do this and that's it. Yeah. I mean, um, and we always talk about this, like build relationships with your community. Mm. Build relationships with Aboriginal people. Like the more that you build a relationship with someone, the more that you're going to get from that exchange, you know, be reciprocal. Like if you're going to engage with someone, compensate them in some way for their time or compensate them for their knowledge or, you know, it's, it's yeah, there has to be an element of humanness to all of this and you just can't expect that. If you talk to one person, that's all you do. Yeah, you need to get a range of different opinions on the, on the same thing. And yeah. I guess that I guess on the back of that, then courts is people say, "Oh, well, I don't know how to connect with others." Well, look, there's plenty of things <laughs> online you can connect in with. You can happily. <gasps> but ask. how do you connect with someone in general, though? Like it's the same <laughs> bloody thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm so sick of how do I, I don't know how to approach them. What the fuck do you mean? Like. <laughs> When you go somewhere and you meet someone, what do you do? Introduce yourself. Like it's just, it comes back to that, yes, I know that Aboriginal people, we have a certain way of the way that we interact, the way when we meet new people, you know, we ask, who are you, where are you from? And we make these connections. But, I mean, (laughs) if you don't know, if you're a non-Aboriginal educator and you don't know anyone in your community, well, just, like, get out there and ask someone. Ask them who they are. What do they do? What's their job? Like. Just yeah, look, contact like the local council. On social media, like just yeah. there's so many ways that we can communicate. Don't just think, oh, because they're a black fella, like there is a barrier in trying to mm. work out how I communicate with them. Like we're all human, yep. just say hello. <laughs> and that's the thing. And there's plenty of other ways that you can get others' opinions, other Aboriginal people's opinions about what you might want to do, um, whether it's face-to-face or not. There's plenty of things online. Yeah. For example, there's our page. (laughs) Send us a DM, like, you know, something, you know. Um, It really comes back to, as you said, the individual. Yeah, it comes back to the individual. And and, and what what time you're willing to, you know, put on the side can really just take like half an hour all up 
just get some people's opinions. It's not, oh, I have to plan the next whole day of running a a consultation workshop about my activity idea. Like that's not what we're saying. Just get a few different opinions on what you're going to do, then come up with what plan of attack you're going to go with yourself, right? You can't just simply rely upon others' opinions to dictate what you're going to do. At the end of the day, we need to have the confidence. If we're a teacher, you need to have the confidence to make a decision on what you're going to teach. Yes. Okay. Okay. A question for you, Josh. Um, Obviously, you would have had this quite a bit. Maybe you could share with listeners if there has been someone that you've never known and they've contacted you to ask you about Bush Tucker. Like how has that exchange gone? Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, I guess it happens, certainly happens a bit. Uh, one of the gardens was people just randomly getting contact about, oh, hi there, I'm doing an assignment. Can you just give me all this information? So first first up, it's just this clear kind of, hey, I need this thing mm-hmm. for this particular objective. Can you just give me it? Yeah. The yeah. whole conversation is just transactional. Yeah, right? yeah. We need to eliminate the transactional kind of attitude towards this topic. And if we're going to connect, genuinely connect with Aboriginal people, don't just look to connect with people just because you've got something that you need done. As yes. if everyone's just a, every Aboriginal person is just a consultant for you. Um, yes. yeah. <laughs> we need to go a little bit deeper than that and really think about, hey, why do I want to connect with this particular person? And it needs to be a bit more than just, oh, because I want to achieve this thing. Or I just got in contact with them just because I need them to come and do a smoking ceremony, or I just mm-hmm. need them to come, to come and do a welcome. Like there's a bit more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're gonna really commit to connecting with with just not Aboriginal people, but just with people in general, it needs to be a bit more genuine than just basically going through a Macca's drive-through and getting asked what you want, and here you go, here's the payment type of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Bit, bit more of the people than than that, than transactional conversations. Yeah, I like that you, you're talking about this transactional nature because I feel like that's where people automatically jump. And I mean, like, you know, you definitely would have noticed this. Um, you, you know, when you're talking to a group of black fathers and you're having a meeting with them or you're having a yarn or whatever it is, like, don't just get straight to the core business. You know, ask people how they are, ask people what they're up to, just, you know, build that that you uh, what am i trying to say like yeah before you go hey i'm trying to teach this do you Mm. know anything about that or do you know someone that i could get in contact with about this like actually show that you're interested in a person which again Mm. comes back to that's what you should do as a human anyway yeah when interacting with others like it's it should apply everywhere this is Mm. not just an aboriginal thing this is exactly just showing anyone respect really All right, next point is talking about a lack of time and resources uh, for for teachers. What's the initial thoughts on that one, Courts? I think I think it's about shifting your perspective and working out how to use your time wisely. We get that teachers don't have all of the time in the world. We get that teachers are more, uh, they're, they're enforcing their boundaries more given the state of education around Australia at the moment. Like we get that teachers are trying to be smart about the time that they have. And so I think when teachers are reflecting on, okay, I need to embed however many Aboriginal perspectives throughout this particular unit of work 
for the year. I think it would be more, I think to use time wisely would be setting up some sort of approach in your staff room or with your stage group or with your faculty, however it works at your school or your learning site and having some sort of collaboration where you dedicate five to 10 minutes or however long it's going to take Every time you meet, have a meeting and discuss, you know, what have you seen on TV that could be something that we can embed in our curriculum or what is something that you've read or what's a social media post? Yeah, it's just an ideas sharing platform. Yeah, Yeah, because I mean like, and again, it comes back to when we are teaching or this is what, you know, most teachers should do. Not every teacher does this, but there should be some sort of collaboration. Like, hey, I've seen this resource and it could be something to do with, I don't know, landscapes and landforms. I've seen this. I'm going to share this with my staff. Like I think the same concept should apply again to Aboriginal education. Like I saw this book at the bookshop the other day. It looked really cool. Maybe we should tell a head teacher or tell our stage leader and we can buy it a copy mm-hmm. and have a think about how we can use it in English or use it in science or, you know, it's more about collaboration. Yeah, 100%. Rather than, you know, teachers acting as islands and thinking that they've got to come up with everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think, you know, again, another one for any principals um, listening, and not, not just principals but even just business people, CEOs listening to this, that there needs to be a regular slot in the team meeting whole staff agenda or something where we're talking about this topic. Not only is it about you're sharing your ideas and experiences or resources with others so they can benefit, but it also then promotes that whole just discussions Mm. and confidence building because we're not going to build our confidence in this topic unless we talk about it more in general. Yeah. So the having that sort of it only has to be 10 minutes all right if you do a 10 minute block whether it's a weekly or fortnightly that builds up over time but from that not only have you got people sharing their ideas and sort of sharing their expertise and whatnot and others who may not have any expertise are learning from others in their own faculty who they've got a connection with it's not awkward or anything it's a pretty safe space but it just promotes everyone's then talking more about culture, which is what we need to do, which kind of comes back to that first point about that whole confidence building, fear of making a mistake. Well, we're not going to have that the more confident that we are in this topic. Yeah, yeah. And I think from there, like if you're going to dedicate time or you're already doing that, you know, do you have a space somewhere in your faculty resources where you are putting these things? Like do you have a working document where you've got links to websites that, you know, um, can tell you about language or songs or, or dance or art or whatever it is. Like you have to actually, you know, if you're going to have this resource exchange and this resource sharing, you've got to create a space where all of those resources can go so that yep. if someone on the other side of the school teaching maths or someone teaching English, you know, is looking for something, then, you know, you're all not trying to double up or you just feel like that you're working on your own like actually create that collaboration and make it cohesive yeah and look you don't it's not to say oh we're oh but we now have to go and download a program for this no every single computer pretty sure it has microsoft teams now in microsoft teams there's a there's a uh, what do you call it? A tool where you can literally upload files, documents. Mm-hmm. You can put comments in. You can put links in. You can put every single thing into that. 
and everyone therefore has access to it. You can make it either faculty specific or whole of organization specific, however big or small you want it to go. That can be your collaborative space. If you, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, ask the person in your IT department. They can tell you and run you through Microsoft I, Teams. This is a pretty good Jay Brown Boomer teacher support happening right here, though. No, oh, look, what's that Boomer <laughs> teacher? I'll just say may, may just, maybe just have used Apple forever. You know? <laughs> might, might just be full-time Apple users here who are like, what's Microsoft, mate? We talking about? No, but that is a good idea. I mean, there are lots of platforms, and we know lots of schools use lots of different collaborative platforms. You know, you've got SharePoint, you've got Moodle, you've got Google Drive, you've got Teams, you've got Seesaw, you've got. There's so many. There are so many. It's just yeah. make a space for it. Mm-hmm. Um, make and, a space and use it. Yeah, just yeah. Let it sit there. Yes. All right. So. We've covered, obviously, our confidence building, making a mistake, causing offence, lack of time and resources. The next one is a little bit left field of that, and it's we don't know the language of the local area or how to find out more about it or mm. it's or it's lost or perceived to be lost. Yeah. Actually, I had a teacher message me this morning asking me about languages in general, like where do you access information about languages in general? Because... There is a shift now when we talk about curriculum, we're talking about Aboriginal perspectives that cover histories, languages and cultures and everybody is really thrown by these languages. Where do we look? Who do we contact? What's the language of my area? So it's opening a lot of good questions but where do you look, Josh? So the thing I've said to a few different schools now is, Let's take a bit of a step back here. All right, we're constantly wanting to go forward, right? We're constantly, what's the next step forward, right? Oh, there's no language. We need to now find the person, right? Rather than do that, let's take a step back and maybe let's use this as a bit more of a teaching moment, not just to our kids but to our other staff to say, hey, this is actually the reason why we can't find language or language might be perceived to be lost, right? Mm. It all comes back to... That whole commitment to truth telling we need to be telling all the truths of australia and australian history and the fact is a lot of languages have been lost or have been taken off country right and we need to teach about those things first before we do anything else to language as in let's teach about those things about hey whole bunch of people here probably got either taken away or got sorted Right? Well, that's why language is language. If you speak your language, um, you were violently punished. Like <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> and that's the, the things we need to be talking about. And these are things that are part of history that is not very far away from us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is 20th century stuff. Yeah. and 50 years ago, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, and, and all schools need to potentially be teaching their students and staff about that from the, ver- at the as the very first step before going down the path of, oh, we want to now name our library a language name, how do we contact someone to find out a name? Let's go back a step. um, I guess this is a bit of like an eight-way non-linear learning. Like, you know, you don't just start, okay, we're going to name our building whatever. It might be in your local language to learn or whatever you come up with. It's about why, which I like that you're getting at, like why are you doing this, what surrounds this, What's the history behind this? If we're doing this, are we being respectful to the things that have happened to Aboriginal people in terms of their language speaking and their language loss? 
Yeah. Yeah, we, we can't just take Aboriginal languages as this thing that like sounds good or looks good or this will look great in the newsletter type of things. Yeah, it needs to be a bit more deeper. That's like the bush tucker gardens and, mm. the, you know, it's got to be more than an aesthetic thing. And... Yep. It needs to be more than just a uh, look at us, look at us doing great things. It needs to be and a bit more deeper. Language is inclusive. I mean, like having language is inclusive of our cultures, but it's how you're using it as well. Like I, language is very new to a lot of places. I mean, there are a lot of schools in, let's just say, Western New South Wales, for example, who have had languages in schools for a very long time. Um, but for a lot of communities, let's say, on the coast around near where we live, this is all very new. And, yeah, there has to be that understanding of why language is important and how you can do it in the most respectful way. And, again, mm-hmm. it comes back to what we always say. Every community is different. And so it's about knowing your community and having a relationship with them and asking the right people, how do we go about language in our school? Because I guarantee you, you're not going to get the same answer. Yeah. And it, sort of, and it comes back to that point we are talking about before of that we can't just have transactional relationships, yes. right? In particular, if we want to go down the path of, okay, I've taken a step back, we've taught all our staff and students what what is like some historical information about Aboriginal languages, why and how they were affected and potentially in our area, why and how they've been affected, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go down the path of incorporating language into our school, which is great, but we still don't just get in contact with someone who teaches language just for this transactional relationship to mm-hmm. call up and say, hey, mm-hmm. look, um, heard you teach language, um, can you come in and teach them, here's some money, see you later. Um, yeah. We need to develop a much meaningful relationship with language custodians and people uh, yes. if we want to actually embed these things into our school long term. Yes, I agree. Now, the last one we're going to cover for today. So today we're not going to get too much into, um, you know, which I do realise is a, is a major barrier, is we don't know how to connect with our local community. We're going to do a, a, a proper podcast episode on that soon um, with mm-hmm. someone else that we're going to get a guest in as well to talk about this, who I guess you know does it pretty well. Um, so we're going to come back to that point. We're not going to talk too much about that today. But the, what we're going to talk about to finish with, Courts, is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and look, this is certainly a quote that I've heard from a few principals of, not just principals, but also teachers. We don't have any Aboriginal students. So, <laughs> therefore, don't think we need to do it or we only just need to do oh. one activity. I think that's enough because there's no black fellows that go to school here. Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts? I'm going to say something, thoughts? but I'm not going to say it. It's probably <laughs> for our listeners. Has anyone read the policy? People who say that, I just think, like, are you across any policy? Mm. <laughs> because as we keep saying and we keep writing about this in our articles, Aboriginal education is for everyone. It is for every student. It is for everybody who works in a school, whether it's from the general assistant to the people who work in the front office to the school learning support officers to the deputy principals to the person who helps out in the kitchen and orders all the food for cooking and whatnot like it is for everyone and so if there are no students no excuse 
I mean, if you're embedding Aboriginal histories and cultures and languages into your curriculum, how does that differentiate from knowing and teaching Australian history? Like that that's part of this country. It's part of the history of this country. Like if you're teaching Aboriginal or you're facilitating perspectives about Aboriginal histories and cultures and languages, you are telling people about Australian history. Like yeah, from a it's, perspective, it's just yeah. it's it's frustrating that it's seen as this otherness, and that mm. it's not. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's part of this land. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look at like and that type of thinking. You might as well apply that to all the other topics that that you know kids have to learn about. It's like, oh well. We're not going to learn about ancient Egypt this year because there's no Egyptian kids in our <laughs> in our school. Like we, we can't have that approach of, oh, it comes back to is Aboriginal students here? No, therefore we don't do Aboriginal education. Aboriginal education, every single student needs to be learning about this. Um, or we don't have our, an Aboriginal teacher or we don't have an Aboriginal staff yeah. member or we don't have an Aboriginal education officer. No, that's not your excuse. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, and, and it really comes back to, well, at, at the end of the day, who's making decisions about this country in Canberra. And I can tell you now it's hasn't been any backfells um, since I've been alive or since anyone's really been alive in this country. So mm. it's really important that every single student gets adequate cultural education from preschool all the way through to university. And so, if you, Like if you think that, you cannot facilitate that yourself because you don't have the cultural knowledge or the cultural awareness. There are other people who can and don't be afraid to ask them. And there's other people in your school who certainly would have some kind of knowledge or experience. Yes, they may not be Aboriginal, but as we've talked about before, if we promote this kind of environment of knowledge sharing and supporting each other in this topic as we do with other topics or other KLAs, that's how we can build, I guess, knowledge and teaching experiences for our students. And look, there's more and more Aboriginal businesses that are offering educational programs for for, for all students. Yeah. Um, if you have to educate your programs, again, get in contact with us. Yeah, exactly right. But no, look, certainly our... Um, our cultural immersion days are certainly been gaining in, in popularity. So, you know, it's something that all students can get involved with. It doesn't matter how old they are, what their mm-hmm. background is, what their learning ability is. Every single kid and staff member can be learning about Aboriginal education. Yes. And that's actually led to another point. Um, perhaps you've seen this, perhaps you've not. Um, if you are inviting someone to your classroom, whether it's another Aboriginal teacher, the AO, or someone from your community to share cultural knowledge, engage with your students and be part of that learning. Don't leave the classroom and think, oh, cool, I've got one hour off or I've got half an hour off. I'm going to sit in the back of the room and finish my marking. Like show students that you're interested. Mm-hmm. Teachers are role models, you know, and your students will notice if you are engaged or not. So if this is something that, you know, if you're inviting someone to your classroom to learn, to teach your students about something that you don't know about, show them that you're interested as well because that goes a long way. Yeah, and also don't take it as an opportunity to just, oh, you know what, I might just uh, catch up on the on the social feeds on the phone either. I'm just going to pop out and make a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
take it as a learning opportunity for yourself because uh, 99% of the time you will either learn something new or you'll take something new away from that particular experience. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you're a non-Aboriginal person and you're doing that, other kids who also aren't Aboriginal are going to think, well, that sort of behaviour is okay when cultural things are going on Mm. and people are sharing their culture. And your Aboriginal students who might be in that classroom, they'll see that and Mm -hmm. they'll then start to feel culturally unsafe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it kind of breaks that whole connection between student and teacher. If they say the teacher is not interested in my culture, then... Yeah, it, it, it really does break that whole relationship down. But that's pretty much it for today's episode. Bit of a short and sharp one, uh, but I'm hoping that um, no matter where you are, whether you're preschool, primary school, high school, university, or just in a, in a, in a corporate workplace, that you're able to take some away from this episode. And look, if there's any other barriers that you feel like that you guys experience that we haven't spoken about, Um, certainly either shoot us a DM or send us an email um, and you can do that through our website, which is www.deliad.com.au. Any final thoughts there, Courts? Yes, I do have one thought. I think I said (laughs) it at the start, but I just want to reiterate it. Aboriginal education isn't necessarily the barrier always. It's your attitude. So if you think that there is a barrier stopping you from engaging with something to do with facilitating culture in your school, then reflect and think, well, what is the actual barrier? Is it knowing someone or is it my attitude about I tried to do it once, it didn't work, so I'm not going to do it again? Like really have a good reflection on on what it is you're trying to do and how, how you're going to approach it. Because, I mean, we've, talk, we've just talked about all of these things and ways that you can approach breaking down this so-called barrier so yeah have a thing is it you or is it is it your community attitude and mindset absolutely love it thanks courts as always and we'll be back soon with another episode of the deadly dose that's it for this week's deadly dose if you have a question about aboriginal education that you'd like to be answered on our show be sure to message us on any of our social platforms or by sending us an inquiry through our website at deadlyed.com.au. If you think this podcast is some of the deadliest stuff you've heard, please follow, share and leave us a review on whichever platform you listen to us on. Marangbu.